0: Welcome to the Agent Leader Podcast. My name is Brent Kelly. I am your host. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode. Excited to be with you today. Again, as I've been doing the last several episodes, I'm also streaming this live on LinkedIn. So hello to anybody that's on LinkedIn. We're also on some other channels as well. We're now on YouTube and Facebook. So we're just trying to grow to be everywhere that we possibly can uh, to spread the message of the Agent Leader Podcast, which is always the purpose is to help you, the independent insurance agency leader, Regardless of your role, title, or position, we're looking for leaders that want to gain influence in their agency, in their community, and certainly with their clients to help you gain clarity, to help you build consistency, and to help you make a commitment to become your best version possible. That's what we're all about. That's what this podcast is about, is to help agency leaders become better agency leaders. And we're all trying to go somewhere. We're all trying to grow, right, in different ways. And this is a podcast of growth and development. I do want to share a couple of things before I get into the focus and the theme of today's content. There is a big announcement coming all of your way um, in the next couple of weeks here. In fact, I will give you a date now official that I can do of an announcement to be coming. It's on September the 7th. So I said September 7th, there's going to be a major announcement made that we're going to be having here at the Sitkins Group, which impacts not just us as an organization. That's not the important thing. Who it impacts is You. The independent insurance agency. So we're going to make things more uh, easier. We're going to help things make simpler. We're going to do some things that are going to help your agency gain traction faster than you ever thought possible, and to get the results that you're looking to do. So be on the lookout. Nine uh, seven, um, and we're going to be launching a webinar and launch some things that are coming out. In fact, this time that I'm recording this live, which is on a Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern, that'll be the time we'll be doing it on September the seventh. So be on the lookout more things to come. All right. Now that I got that, and I won't say out of the way, because that's a big deal. Uh, I do want to dive into the content for today's session. And if you saw this on LinkedIn event or any other platform, the theme, the title today is controlling the controllables, right? How do you control the controllables? And this may be a phrase that you've heard before. It's not new, Uh, in fact if you've been in sports in particular that you know this is a a saying that a lot of coaches will use in fact the first time that i heard this phrase was during a basketball game and uh, this goes back a long time now but i was in a basketball game and it was a, a big game right i think it was conference championship and in the conference championship um you know it was a tight up you know back and forth battle and at one point late in the third quarter things started to slip away a little bit, right? We were, this happens with momentum and and, and games, but, you know, we were making stupid turnovers and the crowd was getting in it from the other side in particular. In fact, our own fans, you could tell they were getting frustrated with us, um, you know, not doing the things that we should do. The referees made a few calls that were certainly questionable, right? And we go to the timeout and run over to the bench, you know, and maybe even have our heads down a little bit, hopefully not. But, you know, you're just, you're going through a tough stretch here in the game. And the coach just looks at us and says, "Listen, stop worrying about all that." You know, we're like, "What do you mean that?" We think about the crowd and the refs and the other players. He goes, "Worry about you. Do your job, right?" And what he said was, "Control the controllables, right? Control the things that you can control." You can't control the refs. You can't control the other team in certain ways, right? You can't control the crowd, what they're going to say. You can't control the temperature of the gym, okay? I go down the list, the lighting, whatever. All you can control is certain things that are going to impact the game. So focus on that. And that's what I want to share today for independent insurance agencies. It can be very easy and understood to a degree. It's understandable for agencies in many cases to say, yeah, I know that this isn't happening, but in fact, there's a doctor, an evil doctor named Doctor. Yeah, but yeah, I know I should do this, but and a lot of the buts come into external factors. The fact that you know, well, the market conditions are so crazy, there's nothing we can do about it, right? Uh, the underwriter didn't get back to me soon enough. What am I going to do about it, right? The pricing wasn't what I wanted. What am I going to do about it, right? I mean, we could we could go through all these different things, right, that happen day to day. And these are real things that happen, and this doesn't mean there's not an impact on you as a leader or the people in your agency. That's not the point. There is an impact. The question is certainly is, "Hey, how are you going to respond?" But more importantly, does that distract you from the things that you can control? And when I think about agencies that succeed, and we all go through cycles, but when agencies that get on the right track, one of the things they get really good at is focusing on the things that they actually can impact, not allowing the distractions, not allowing some of the external things to become their primary thoughts throughout the day. Which by the way, some of those times when you worry about things or think about things that you can't control, it just makes the worry and the anxiety worse because you know subconsciously that you don't have control of it. Then what am I going to do? So part of this is not only to give you results quicker or get you to move on the right track quicker, but also just to get you to be proactive and intentional on things that you can do every day. So I'm going to share with you three things specifically. Now, again, a lot of times when I do lists, I know there's more in some cases than three things, but I'm going to share three key areas or three things that you as an agency leader and with your agency team. So this could be twofold. One is think about you as an agency leader. And secondly is what can you do for your team, right? Whether you're running an apartment, whether you're running your entire agency, whether it's your high performance team, which is sales and service working together, there's your personal growth and development in this. And then there's the, what will this impact those around me, right? That I can do. So I'm going to go again, go through three of these things um, that you can, you know, controlling the controllables. So, I'm going to start with number one, which some of you might wonder, I don't know if this is how controllable this is, at least from my team perspective. Let's talk about it. Controllable number one is your attitude, right? Your attitude. Now, sometimes you think about it, it's like, well, just change your attitude. Maybe someone just change your attitude. Maybe you said this to your kid, right? Somebody, hey, why don't you just improve that attitude? Now, that's easier said than done, right? But there are things that do factor to our attitudes that we can 100% control. As James Allen said, in his book, as a man thinketh, he said, as a man thinketh, so is he, or so is she. Right. As a as a man or woman thinketh, so is he or she. How we think matters, right? And so part of this is how can we up level our thinking? Because it's one thing to say, well, just think more positively, right? Just think more with more energy, think more with abundance and scarcity. Yeah, I think that's part of it. But here's what the couple of things I want to I wanna focus on. Number one, for you as an insurance professional and with your team, whether it's two or 200, what are you doing to feed your mind or their mind? What inputs are you giving this really complex, really powerful instrument called your brain? Because let's face it, if we just think about what normally is gonna be input into our mind on a given day, if we don't try to control this part of it it's going to be filled primarily with junk. The old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Just like if you feed your body junk, we know the outcome physically. It's going to happen over a period of time. If you feed your mind junk, what's going to happen over a period of time is that the output will be junk, right? For the most part. Now, if you think about what we typically consume with news and social media And what do most people talk about? Do most people talk about solutions, or most people talk about problems? So you just think about in a day what goes into this noggin. Typically, if we don't think about it and don't try to control it, it's usually negative. Right? There's not a lot of positive things that just automatically happen. So what I want to get into is what can you feed your mind? Now, this is a leadership podcast. Leaders are readers, leaders are learners. And I love this. In fact, in one of our sessions this week, Roger Sitkins talked about it. Leaders are learners, and learners are winners. Right? There, there's a sequence to this. It starts with what you put in your mind. So, what are you reading right now? What books are you reading? What books have you challenged your team to read with you? Maybe there's a book club. Hey, this book will help sh- help shape our mindset. And by the way, with any book, or as I'll talk about any podcast like this one, any video that you watch, or right, any of those things. Um, obviously there's different ways you can do it. But one of the things is that you have to agree with every single thing in it. When I read books, I may not agree with everything, but it does change the way that I think, right? So find books, find videos, find podcasts that you individually and your team can use to feed your mind the good stuff, right? Feed your mind the good stuff. So just think about it. What does that do for attitude? I can tell you, I'll give you a personal example. I've been very good over a long period of time with my morning routine, and part of my morning routine is reading something or listening to something that I can learn or will encourage me, get me to think differently. Over this past summer, I got off that for a while. I started to focus so much on other things, and I was still getting up early and doing stuff, but I missed some of that. And what's interesting is I got back into, hey, I need to listen to this or watch this, even if it's five or 10 minutes, right? This doesn't have to be three hours, 10 minutes. It's amazing going, you know, I, 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 I'm i thinking different, or I haven't thought about that way before, or I haven't considered that, or why am I doing this, right? So it up-levels your thinking, right? You change your thinking, you change your results. So again, what books, what podcasts, what videos? I mean, gosh, there's TED Talks for all kinds of things. I want to improve my communication. I want to prove my influence. There's so much availability that we can feed our mind. The problem is there's so many options to feed your mind junk. And that's usually what happens. So just be cognizant. You can control what you put in your mind if you're intentional with it. In conjunction with this, controlling the controllables of attitude, who do you surround yourself with? Who's your sphere of influence? Who's your circle of mentors? Now this takes some work, but you can't control it. My guess, there are people in your circle right now that probably shouldn't be in your circle. Now, if they're a close family member, (laughs) you may just have to find some distance to it, right? You may have some of that. But you also may have some other issues going on where you've got some friends or mentors or people that quite frankly don't challenge and encourage you. In many cases, they actually restrict you or inhibit you, right? So controlling the controllables is I'm going to control who I hang out with. And if there are people that either are going to hold me back or prevent me from going where I want to go in different ways, I need to separate myself from that. If there are people that I know can up-level me, that will challenge me and encourage me, I need to spend more time with them. Same is true in your agency. right? Now, this is a hard one for agency leaders, because let's face it, if you get a larger agency, you're going to have a multitude of people with experiences and backgrounds, good and bad. But a big part of this is, are you getting your, in particular, your younger producers, your younger talent, your newer people, in particular, are you getting them positioned with people that will really up-level them? Or are they getting surrounded in some toxic culture issues, right? Maybe you get someone on your team and this is a separate discussion. Maybe they shouldn't be there, whatever. There could be other things, but they're there. And they're getting some negative feedback or you don't need to do that. You don't need to worry about that. That's kind of silly. There's nothing more frustrating from a leader when you've got an idea of a vision of a culture you want to build in your agency and you've got certain people that are continuing to pull you back right and especially when you put your impressionable people with some of the people that may be toxic so who's your circle of influence in fact um and i've shared this i quote in different times but i love this quote from charlie tremendous jones right uh, in the next five years you'll be the same person you are today except for the books that you read and the people you meet right you talk about attitude that's what i'm talking about you can control your attitude. So here's my question to you to think about number one and controllable number one of your attitude. What must you change as an insurance leader, as a professional to think better, to think bigger? I mean, be real honest with yourself from an attitude because we're all guilty of it. I am too. I have times where as positive I try to be that I get sucked back into stuff. None of us are perfect. But I had me thinking, where is it that I can do a better job of up-leveling my thinking and my attitude. And to me, it's just continue to feed myself the right stuff and to get around people that will challenge my thinking. right? It will challenge my thinking. In fact, just recently, and this is a side, there's uh, some other things that we're going to be announcing here in the future at Sidkins, But we had a team meeting. We have someone who had never been part of this meeting before. And just to have these higher-level conversations, higher-level thinkers – It's amazing what can happen, right? It's amazing what can happen. So find ways to control your attitude. All right, controllable number two, the processes that you have. Now, I'm gonna try to keep this really simple uh, because this could go a lot of different directions. But to me, the processes that you have, this is both for you as an individual and of course, within your agency. They've gotta be installed. I mean, you have to know what they are and they have to be monitored. And you can control those. You can control what processes are actually installed, right? It means we're actually going to do them and which processes are monitored versus those that were ideas or random thinking or random processes that aren't installed necessarily and never monitor. Uh, Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, whether you like Nick Saban or not, uh, he's been pretty darn successful and he has a very basic quote. He says, do your job and trust the process, right? Do your job and trust the process and there is power in proven processes, right? Sometimes it's just taking a roadmap and actually following the directions, a bad analogy. Maybe this is a good analogy. I don't know. It's very simple analogy. That's for sure. It's no different than if you put in your navigation system, right? The path slash process that you're going to take to get your desired destination and you continue to go your own way. Why are we never getting there? i've never really installed or monitored the process i haven't been consistent with the process one of my uh, favorite movies this past year i'm sure many of you have watched it maverick top gun sequel all right um there's a great quote in there it says don't think just do don't think just do." well you can't just do if you haven't put a process in place the idea is you've been trained for things you've installed the process now just do it right just Do the process, do the thing, right? Do the thing you're trying to do. And oftentimes I find with insurance agencies and leaders and certainly producers is they don't like some of the processes and or um, models they should be following. It feels like a lack of freedom. It feels like I'm being restricted. Here's the bottom line with any great process. Processes give you guardrails. Without guardrails, you may think you can go really fast, But too often we run into each other, we fall off the edge, right? Guardrails actually allow you and your agency to run faster, to drive faster because there are certain guardrails in place knowing, hey, we've got some wiggle room within the guardrails, but we're staying within the guardrails or staying between the lines. And we can go really fast now. We see this producers all the time, right? Certain things to set up. Well, if I had this process in place, I could just execute on what I do best. And too often we show up Or with our teams or individuals and we go, gosh, what should I do today? How am I going to do this? What is it going to look like versus showing up going, I know what I'm doing. How do I continue to execute this at the highest level? There's just a different level of action around that, right? So a few things to think about. I'm going to share three processes that we work with our agencies with, right? And the producer team and the service team and the sales leadership team, right? Because they all work in conjunction. One of the things that we believe at Sitkins at the bottom of our heart, it's really hard to train and develop pockets of individuals or departments. The agency's got to train and develop together, right? Because it works together. Same goal, different roles. So, one of the processes that we teach and talk about all the time is having a high performance team, sales and service proactively working together. I've done podcasts on this with a true service hand up, right? That we understand. Their same goal to retain, and obtain ideal clients with different roles. What is sales role and responsibility? How are they accountable? What's the service role? What how are they accountable? And we communicate together. It's a marriage, right? It truly is. Marriages aren't easy, but they're really fulfilling when you do them right, right? And then we have a true service hand up that we're giving our client the best experience in that process. So that's one example of a process that when agencies do it, they can say, "Listen, I know I'm showing up for the high performance team meeting." Now I just have to make sure we're doing it really well. What did we not do last week that we need to do this week? How do we get better? How can we communicate better? What things do we miss? Where am I going to go? What do you need from me? What do I need from you? How do we make sure that we're preparing so we don't have to repair? Right? So that's a huge one. Uh, proactive calendar management. Now we teach a lot in particular with producers, but this is with all agency about controlling your calendar. Talk about controlling the controllable. This is a process that you can control. You do have control of your calendar. Now, do things happen? Yep. Do things come up? Yep. Are there emergencies? Yep. Is the calendar sometimes there's just things that you've got to move? Yes. But if you don't control that up front, it's all chaos. Part of this is being able to set up your ideal week. What would an ideal week look like? How do I control that as much as I can? If something happens, maybe it affects 20% of my week. But that other 80%, I'm locked in. And by the way, if it's a really good week, maybe it's 90, 95, close to 100% and gets fulfilled. I'm going to create my calendar, my schedule. It's going to give me the best predictable and guaranteed chance for success. And I'm going to hold myself accountable and show up to that meeting. That's a really good process. right? I just got to show up and do it. Right? to like the Maverick. Don't think. I've already done that. I did that Friday or Saturday. I lined it all up. Now I got to do. Now I got to execute. Um, Another thing to think about, too, another process that we talk to agencies about and producers about and teams about is the ultimate growth strategy. What if we had a process that we followed? And just think about this. We go very deep in our training and our development with agencies around this, but just think about this for a second. If the top 20% of your clients in your agency produce 80% of your agency's revenue, and by the way, if you're like 90 some percent of them, it does. So 20% of your clients produce 80% of your revenue. If we had a process, That we followed consistently, that we would make sure that all those top 20% of clients are rounded out. They are full time clients. That we have a process in place that we retain them with a true continuation process. And we make sure, because we've done such a great job, that they replicate or refer or introduce us to another high level client. If we just did that process, which by the way, gets pretty deep, but it's one main process, the timeline we have in working with our clients. The power of that one process is incredible. And we've seen agencies deploy that process and they look back six months, nine months later and go, wow, right? Did you do a 5,000 things? No, we followed this process really well. We did it. And guess what? It creates momentum. So here's my question for you, the agency leader and your team. What process in your agency today needs to be installed or reinstalled and monitored, right? What's the process to go, well, maybe we've installed it. Maybe we haven't, but what process needs to be installed officially? Like this is going to be our process and then monitored, right? So how are we going to do that? So that's my second controllable and second question for all of you, which leads me to number three. Um, these are all my favorite, but this one's probably my favorite of favorites. Okay. Controllable number three, your skill set. Your skills. Skills must be mastered. Here's the problem. Most people get bored with mastering the basic activities. That's why most people don't master them. Well, I've already done this for three months, three weeks, maybe even three years. So I'm good. I've done that skill. The definition of mastery is being so good at it that you could teach it to others. That it becomes... It's part of your subconscious. If it shifts a little bit, if in a conversation, for example, you've mastered this so well and the things shift, you're so prepared. It doesn't matter. You're in the moment. In sports or even in music, they call it being in the zone, right? You're just, you're locked in. You've done it so much that you could do it again and again and again. And Even if the landscape shifts, landscape shifts a little bit, you're in control, right? So skills. So again, the idea, the NBA, do you have your NBA? Mastering the basic activities. Mastering the basic activities. Even the most professional, professional basketball players, and I'm just going to stay with basketball, right? As much as they've dribbled a basketball, if they for one year or one month even during the season stopped dribbling the basketball, would they get better or worse? You know the answer. With with us as leaders and our team of professionals, if we don't work on our skill every single week, right, or at least consistently, is that skill going to get better or worse? The number one role of an agency leader. The number one role of an agency leader is to develop your people. the The best practice study that came out last year, the Big Eye and Red and Consulting puts this out. It's a great report it talks about this again and again and again. In fact, at the beginning of the report, it mentions the word people eight times. We know the importance of developing ourselves and the people on our team. We like to talk about it, but what are we actually doing? And showing up to work is what you do. Getting better at deliberate practice and preparation and skill building, that's what takes you to the next level. If we're gonna do X, Y, and Z, what skills must we continue to develop on an ongoing basis to make sure that we stay sharp and continuously improve? Because there's no status quo. You're not going to plateau as an insurance professional leader. You're not just going to stay there. You're either going to be get, getting better or you are getting worse. You're going to make the choice. Now, I don't think any of you listening to this podcast have any desire to get worse, or you wouldn't be listening to a podcast, right? So I, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir. But it's really important to think about it when it comes to skills. So let's talk about one skill that I've mentioned before that I don't think I can ever mention enough. How is your skill personally as a leader and your team skill in communication? The way that you communicate matters. Technology is here. Automation is here. It's been here for a long time and it continues to expand and rapidly increase. The difference of what you provide in a human can only be expressed in the form of your ability to communicate. How good of a communicator are you and is your team and how much are you willing to improve that skill to continue to stand out above the crowd? You could have the most wisdom I wouldn't even say wisdom it wouldn't be wisdom yet you could have the most knowledge of anybody you could know any talk about sure you could know every coverage form and every exclusion and every option and you could know all the underwriting principles you could have it all man i've got every designation we always joke i got more letters after my name than i have in my name i mean you won't believe how much knowledge i have And by the way i think that's great but i would ask you this Knowledge in your head that's not applied, what does that do? How do you communicate it? How do you get that knowledge out, right? How do you turn that into what I believe is called wisdom, the word I used earlier? How do you turn that into wisdom, right? There's skills you need to work on. So you think about this, whether it's in-person or virtual. Right now, I'm talking to a camera. It's a virtual presentation. It's a virtual podcast. Some of you are just listening to my voice. By the way, to go back to like the basics of communication, study done years and years and years ago, and this has been applied in different ways, but you know, just the, the basic principle isn't lost, that when it comes to influence and communication, 7% of that influence is found in words, the actual words, 7%. That's why when you text someone or email something, they could read it 15 different ways. Well, I thought you were mad. I thought you were happy. I thought you were curious. I thought you were sad. I thought you were excited. I thought you were bored. It's the same words, but it's just words. So that's 7%. 38% is the tone of voice. You've probably already noticed in this podcast, my tone of voice has changed a few different times. I'm still working on it. It's powerful, right? How you communicate with your tone of voice matters. Then body language, physiology is 55%. Now, we do a lot of things on Zoom. That's why it matters. We tell the, the people, turn your cameras on. Why? Well, A, because it helps us see you and we communicate. Number two, you're on camera a lot more than you think you are. How do you look? How do you act? People care. Oh, they don't care. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. I mean, head and shoulders, whether you like their marketing campaign or not, I think they got it pretty much right. You never have a second chance to make a first impression. Or at least it's really hard to get that second chance after you make a first impression. If the first impression is I saw a side of their head, there was light coming on them, I didn't know who they were, I couldn't quite hear them, not a good first impression. Same when you're in person. Couldn't look me in the eye. Didn't shake my hand firmly. Had slumpy body language. You know, slumped over in the chair. leaned back. I don't know. play with their hair too much. pick their nose. You name it. We don't know. So part of skill set of communication, again, I'm going all over the map here, but I'm, I'm a bit passionate about this if you can't tell, is that if you ask people in general, do you like to watch yourself on video? Do you like to hear the sound of your voice? Most people will say, no, I hate it. I don't like it. Why? Because I look weird. I say things I shouldn't say. I do funny things with my, you know, again, whatever it is with my hands, I do it too part of this is, this is your skill. like You're selling an intangible product for the most part. Yes, we know all the things it does with financial security and, and the claims experience. All those things are important. But at the end of the day, what they're buying from you, besides the piece of paper, electronic or real, is they're buying you and your agency and the trust that you can build. And that comes through communication. You, you've got to be able to communicate with influence. And we challenge our Sitkins network members all the time. Sometimes they don't like it. Why? Because it makes them uncomfortable. But guess what? It helps you grow. We challenge them all the time of how they communicate. How do we ask better questions? Are you prepared to ask really engaging questions? Or are you just asking questions that just come to your mind randomly? There's a skill in asking great questions. We spend almost an entire session in our Producer Fit program. And with our sales leaders, what questions are you asking your producers? And with our service team professionals, the account managers, what questions are you asking your clients? To get them to engage, to get them to feel cared for, to get them to think a bit differently. There are power in questions. Listening. Listening matters. Actively listening matters. You should be doing 20% of the talking and 80% of the listening. That's a great ratio will always be that no but the best communicators are the best listeners they ask great questions and they actively listen number three of this of these three of communication and this isn't rocket science but it's really important is presenting are you able to when you do need to open your mouth and speak you need you do need to have a level of influence you're trying to sell which by the way selling is a good thing transfer an idea product, a service. You've got to sell to your team if you're an agency leader, right? You got to sell to your department, getting the buy-in of what it is you're trying to do. How well do you do that? Right. how well do you do that? Are you working on that skill? And there's so many places you can do that. I mean, the great thing is you could, again, going back to the books and going back to the audios and the videos, there's so many things online that you can go watch, how to be a better presenter, how to ask better questions, right? All those kinds of things. Whether it's TED Talks or videos or all kinds of stuff. But the biggest part of it is just practice, just practice. It's no different, again, than a basketball player not dribbling the basketball because I've already done it. A musician, and they're a world class musician, but for months and months, they never play their instrument because guess what? They've already done it before. I don't need to practice that. I've already done it. That's not what the best do. The best say, I, it's not that I'm really good at a skill, it's I'm going to master a skill and continue to find ways to get better at my skill. We always ask professionals to live in a zip zip code called 89410, 89410, live in the zip code of 89410, that I will be an eight or nine. I will be an eight or nine out of 10, always looking for my next level of 10. I will be an eight or nine looking for my next level of 10. So my question to you in your desire to become a better leader and insurance professional, what Are you doing to improve your skill set every single week? What are you doing with your team to improve their skill set every single week, in particular on becoming a dynamic and powerful communicator? Because no matter how much knowledge you have here or that are in books, if you can express that knowledge through communication, in many cases, it's wasted, right? It's wasted. So, those are the three things. Then to go back, control the controllables. We can sit and worry about all the stuff that's going out, spend most of our time and energy and effort worrying about things that, quite frankly, even though they impact us, we don't have direct control over, right? I mean, we can give so many analogies. Walk outside, it's raining. I can't control that. Does it impact me? Yeah. If I don't have an umbrella, I'm getting wet. But what are the things that I can control? right? I can be more prepared. I can say, it's rain. I fixed my attitude, right? Maybe I have a better process. I park closer to the door. I don't know, right? But there are things you can control that we can focus our energy and effort upon versus the things we can't control. So number one, again, is attitude, right? What are you reading? Who are you hanging out with? What are you watching? What are you feeding that thing, right? What are you feeding that thing? Secondly, processes, This is not to be a hundred process. What is a process or processes that you need to refine, that you need to truly install and monitor? It's the fact that I'm going to install this so that I can do it. I don't need to think about what to do or how I'm going to do it. I just need to do it and continue to do better at it. And then lastly is skills. And obviously I went on a long rant there, but it's important. The skill of communication in particular. What are you going to do to continue to master the skill of communication? right? Those skills that you need to develop. And of course there can be other skills as well, but that, you know, skill of communication encompasses so many things, right? What you do, that's your craft. And if you're not working on it, you're, you're atrophying, you're getting worse. So I want to challenge you on those three things. And by the way, here's the cool thing. When you get really focused on what you can control, it empowers you. It gives you power. Because you get some of your power back. I can't control that. I can't control that and rub it off, but I can control that. That's things that I can get better at, things that I can take action at. And by the way, when you empower yourself, you also build confidence. That's the cool part about this. You build confidence in what you do. Are you gonna be perfect? Nope. By the way, when you improve these things, when you challenge yourself, the reason why many people don't is because it's uncomfortable, right? Anybody can just say, I don't want to do it. It's not worry about it. And then you can say, well, I never really practiced. I never really got better. I never really thought about it. Whose fault is that? Versus taking the challenge on that I'm going to control the controllables. Listen, last thing that I'll mention, I mentioned at the beginning of this, look out for a major announcement from the Sitkins group, not just for us, but for you, the independent insurance agent, to truly get your agency on the fast track of success and momentum. We want to make something so tangible, so easy to digest, so simple, yet so effective that you can get started right away in your agency's track to the highest level results. So be on the lookout on um, September the 7th for that. We'll also be sending these out in emails and different social media things. But uh, the plan right now is to have a live event uh, this time that I'm recording this, 11 a.m. Eastern on September 7th. So be on the lookout. Look out. With that, I wish you all the best in your success. Thanks so much for listening. And by the way, If this is giving some value to you and your agency, please share it. Please give a review. We want to continue to grow this platform. And by the way, we're going to be having some guests come on and kind of share their experiences in doing these things as well very soon. We'll talk to you soon. Again, all the best and your success. Thanks for listening. The Agent Leader Podcast is brought to you by the fine folks of the Rough Notes Company. They are publishers of the insurance industry's leading magazine and technical insurance content. Rough Notes Magazine profiles successful agencies plus keen insights from respected experts on a host of must-know topics. Rough Notes Advantage Plus provides the tools to help your agency grow, providing authoritative information on complex coverage issues. Visit them and learn more at roughnotes.com.